going to tee up Fran Kirby, who scores her 50th WSL goal. Can she find a finish? Oh my goodness me. What a brilliant goal from Vanilla Harder. Here's Sam Kerr to make it 3 0. Can Spence finish it? What a statement this is. The reigning champions have torn Manchester United apart here. What's up, Blues fans? Brandon London here, and welcome to Chelsea Mike Up, the official Chelsea FC podcast. I'm Brandon London, like I said, coming to you from New York City. Hey, I'm Emily. I'm here in Chicago. And I'm Lee, and I'm actually in Turin, in Italy. More on that momentarily. <laughs> There's three of us. We're actually recording with a man down today. Uh, we gave Andre a red card, and uh, he's out on uh, vacation right now. So, uh, Andre, I hope you have a great time. Can't wait to get you back, brother. It's not the result we wanted on Saturday from our men. Let's let's be honest. But it was a hard-fought match, and uh, our Blues put some good things on tape against City. But on the bright side, our Chelsea women dominated again. And I, I guarantee you that word is an understatement. The word dominated the way they handled Manchester United winning 6-1. to one. Now you're also going to hear from Thomas Tuchel, Pat Nevin, Emma Hayes, and all three of us as we take a deep dive into both of this weekend's matches. And you all have submitted your questions in the CMU mailbag, and we're going to answer them, because that's what we do. We love y'all. Plus, we have a fun sit-down as Emily talks with musician and avid CFC fan, Quinn92. So we have a lot to keep looking forward to. We got to get that slight disclaimer out right now. We're recording a majority of this episode ahead of the Champion League match against Juventus. So you're going to get that reaction at the end of the episode. Now, let's return our focus to what went down in London on Saturday. Come on, you blues. I'm not going to lie. This weekend's loss humbled me. I think it humbled a lot of us, but don't get me wrong. City brought the fight, and it was still a pretty even battle in the first half. But Gabrielle Jesus' goal put the pressure on everyone. And like Lee mentioned last week, City are a top side. They didn't have the strongest of starts last season, and it appears that it's a similar situation this season. But in this match, we got caught. And when they started to pick up the pace, that's when we were in some trouble. So take a listen to Chelsea manager Thomas Tuchel as he shares what happened within the squad. We were not good enough today. We lacked belief. We lacked confidence, precision in our actions. We had some players on the field that I put on who had some problems during the last days, so we're all in it. So it's my decisions and, and then it's the players' performances, but we win together and we lose together and now is uh, the time to accept it and accept that they were the better team today. Pretty crazy to think that City outran us and took over possession 60 to 40%. But as we look at times when City were close to getting another there's no competition to our back line and how dominant they were this match. Christensen made five blocks. Conte and Thiago Silva both had four, plus 24 clearances total. And how could you not give credit to O Monstro for that stellar block on the goal line? Chelsea legend Pat Nevin says, don't panic. So we take his advice. But who else is going to be brave enough to do that against us? You know, who else is going to go... 2v2 against Lukaku and Werner, or Lukaku, you know, and Kai Havertz. I don't think anyone. I think that's Man City. So 
Yeah, we lose it today. When we changed it back to the 3-4-3, three, three, we looked a bit better, much better. But don't panic. Absolutely don't panic about them. And there is no better way to lift our spirits right now than talking about the Chelsea women. Six goals, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, six. Kirby, Harder, Spence, Fleming, and two for Samantha Kerr. It doesn't get much better than that. Spence and Fleming got their goals after coming on as late subs in the match. There is so much depth in this team on the pitch and on the bench. And I think boss Emma Hayes says it best. I thought we were clinical. We created good chances. Um, I thought showed the depth we got throughout our squad. But brilliant finishing. Wanted a clean sheet. I think it was a poor goal to concede. But overall, you know, a very good performance from the team. All right, squad, we're a man down, so let's get into it. Emily, start us off. It was my first real heartbreak being a Chelsea supporter, of being like, well, I did end up going out Friday night. So waking up a little bleary-eyed uh, Saturday morning, 6.30 a.m., real pumped up for this match, trying to get myself going. And it was a great match, even though there wasn't as much action, I think, right in front of the goals as we wanted because it was tight. Um, but it just wasn't the result we wanted, and it was just disappointing. You know, I think there's a lot of, here in the U.S., Lee, we say armchair quarterbacking, mm. uh, Monday morning quarterbacking. Monday morning quarterbacking. Um, <laughs> right, about Thomas Tuchel's formation, because all season long we've just been saying he's the genius, he makes the right tactical moves. And he went with this 3-5-2 with three defensive-minded midfielders in Conte and Jorginho and Kovacic. And, you, you know, you have to wonder, okay, might things have been different if Mason Mount were available? And maybe it would be different if Reese James was able to stay in the entire game because he got injured again. That said, um, it just felt like there was something missing between our defensive group and our forwards, and they just weren't able to bring them the ball. And that cohesion was just missing. And it was just frustrating to watch because that's what we want. We want Lukaku and Werner to get fed. They just weren't able to get their chances. I think you're hitting the nail on the head there when you said about the, the, the gaps between the lines, as, as we say, sort of not so much, you know, I, I think you're right. I think when, when you play out from the back, you want that connection. We've spoken before, haven't we, about the link-up play between between Silver and Jorginho and also the lines between midfield and attack as well. I think we have to be careful not to be too sort of overcritical and overreactive as well. I think after the start that Chelsea have had, the, the six games that we've had, you think about the games that we've we've gone through and, and you know the adversity we've faced. If you'd have said to most Chelsea fans that we'd be a point off the top after that first the run of six games, most would probably have taken it. If you want a competitive league, then you're going to ex you have to expect games like this, results like this. And it was a crazy weekend. You, you know, Manchester United lost one 0 at home to Aston Villa. Liverpool went to newly promoted Brentford three three. That was a cracking game. Really, really good game of football. City drew with Southampton last week. So, yes, there were things that maybe didn't work out as we wanted to at the weekend. But probably, you know, if we're looking back and trying to be as objective as possible, a bump in the road, yes. But it's happened early in the season. And it gives Thomas Tuchel and the players a chance to, to refocus early on. Remember a couple of weeks ago, I kind of asked you guys, Hey, are we, we getting too cocky as a fan base here? You know, we, we walking around with our chest poked out. I get it. The expectations are going to be high. But like you say, Lee, this is the most competitive league in the world. Early in the match with Timo Werner, you know, that cross getting deflected. And then, he, you know, he gets a shot, but it gets it, it hits off of someone's back. 
you're looking at it like, okay, we're going to attack early. We, we got a chance to get on them early. They pressed us. They had a man on us. And I think that from, from that, we didn't really get back to, to attacking them until Kai Havertz came on. The 61st minute is really what gave us that next round of hope when we started putting pressure on them. But I think it's not that we have to manage our expectations. We just have to look big picture and remember, okay, in our first six matches, out of all of the top teams, we might have had the toughest draw. You get into that winning mentality, which works for the players, the coaches, the staff, and the fans. And it just, it ups, I don't know, I guess it does. I guess it ups your expectation levels. You you almost demand the best. And the players are the same. And the coaches and the management here are the same. They demand the very best. So when there is a bump in the road, people are going to be you know disappointed. Again, I'm probably showing my age here, but growing up watching football, if you're watching like highlight shows and we have a show match of the day here, they wouldn't show the league table until everyone had played 10 games. People wouldn't print the league mm. table in newspapers until at wow. least 10 games were in because, because it now. would fluctuate. Exactly. No. Because, no. It's, it, I, but that's, I guess, the, the world we live in where everything is so mediated and so instant, isn't it? You know, with, with social media and, and rolling news channels. So, so it's always going to evolve and always going to change. But it is interesting to see that. And I think we, we do run the risk of being maybe slightly too reactive. But things can change, as we know. In, I mean, Brandon, you know, it, things can change so quickly in, in, in any sport, can't it? Do you know where things are not going to change? Mm. Our women. They're no, awesome. No, uh, <laughs> awesome. I, I feel like I just need to inject some positivity because oh, really yeah. that's Please just do. one game. Please do. Okay. I firstly want to talk about that Pernell Harder goal. I oh. believe it was our second goal. Forgive me if it wasn't because we did score so many. <laughs> but where she gets the ball at the halfway park, and she just starts running like a freight train and blows past two defenders. And then all of a sudden shows like the most delicate chip over the keeper's head to get it in the net. To me, that was a masterpiece. It was beautiful. And I love listening to the women talk about the game because they just talked about it being clinical. That was the word that I kept hearing them mm. use. Like they didn't dominate the whole game, but the chances they had they were able to capitalize on in a really clinical way. And the start, they started so quickly. I mean, they could have scored in the first 30 seconds and, and Fran opened the scoring in just the second minute. That's like the second, third chance they had. And just the combination play between the, the front three and the unselfishness between them, you know, the, the vision that they have, the width that they play with. And Manchester United hadn't lost a game before this and had conceded just one goal. Wow. wow. And wow. to go there and to dominate in the way that they did. And the, I know we've spoken about the depth of the squads before, and Brandon, you alluded to this in the introduction, that the strength in depth that this squad possess, Emma Hayes referred to the group as world-class, Penilla Harder, as you mentioned there, Emily, world-class, so good. They have such good chemistry, like you said, like Sam Kerr and Fran Kirby assisted on each other's three times. Like, that's so cool to me, the fact that they just are able to play off each other. Um, and Brandon, I'm sorry, we told you to be a Sam Kerr fan. She's got the swag. That's your girl. She's got all types of swag. Trust me, I like every picture <laughs> she puts up on Instagram. And I mean, you just look at, it looks so easy for her. And I retweeted that the, uh, from the Chelsea women's uh, Twitter handle. It, just the way they play, it's like it's like an all-star team almost, you know. When mm. they, when they're, it, it, it's it's crazy, and you guys keep talking about the offense, like the offense. That back three with Jess Carter, uh, Millie Bright, and, mm. and, and Magda Erickson, like it's a stone wall. I mean, I just think it's awesome how they just continue to be just this bright spot. They just in the energy and the way they play after every goal. You know, there's celebrations, but it's just it's like the whole team comes together. I can't 
not talk about Frank Kirby as well, a 50th WSL goal for Fran. And what a story. And I'm sorry to do this when, when Andre's not here because I know Andre's such a big Frank Kirby fan. Yeah. But yeah. Her yeah. story's amazing. You just, you can't write this stuff. You can't, her, it's, it's a movie script. Her life, her career is phenomenal. I mean, going back to before, before lockdown, before um, we, we started the, the, you know, the, the unfortunate events with regards to the pandemic, Fran didn't know she was going to play again. She was suffering with pericarditis and just such a debilitating wow. condition. Wow. She, she genuinely didn't know if she was going to play again. And to come back, and not just come back, but to probably play a bet, the best football of her career. And she's just, just, she's a machine. The work she puts in off the ball, the goals she scores, the combination play, the unselfishness. You know, she just clicks with whoever she plays with for, for club and country. She's, she's a star and... My son's favourite player. I don't mind telling you. She's my son's favourite player. <laughs> He's got good taste. He has. Christian Pulisic oh, and man. Frank Kirby. He's oh, done the best right. taste. He's done okay, hasn't he? Let's go ahead and look ahead a little bit. So let's put match week six officially in the books. At the time where you all hear this recording, we'll just be coming off another Champions League match against uh, Juventus. And while the women are performing on their highest level and also coming off a midweek matchup in the FA Cup quarterfinal, Lee, kick us off with what we got to look forward to this week in Chelsea football. Oh, so much to look forward to. Let's start off with the men, shall we? Um, Southampton at home, Premier League. I mean, we've spoken about reaction. Reaction is key. Um, unfortunately, we'll be without Angola Kante, who's uh, gone down with, with COVID, so he'll be self-isolating. Reese James recovering from that ankle injury. Very painful one, so we wish him the best as well. Hopefully, Mason Mount will be back. You know, goodness knows we've, we've missed him. Southampton, though, they are a side that they love to come to Stamford Bridge. They drew three all at our place last season. They bet it's 2-0 at home the year before. In fact, we haven't beaten them at Stamford Bridge since back in December of 2017 when uh, Marcus Alonso scored the only goal. So, won't be easy. We've spoken a lot, haven't we, about the, the first six Premier League games. Our next six... Southampton at home, Brentford away, Norwich at home, Newcastle away, Burnley at home, Leicester away. So it's a different looking set of fixtures. It's a run of games that maybe would have, they might have tripped us up in previous years, but you know, it's an opportunity. It's a real opportunity to build some momentum here. And that has to start with, with Southampton at home. Great opportunity. It will be a fantastic atmosphere at Stamford Bridge once again as it has been all year. And for the women as well, you know, they'll just go and go and go. They'll be taking on Brighton this weekend off the back of the FA Cup quarterfinal uh, meeting with Birmingham. And they are just, as we've touched on, such a frightening proposition for everybody. People are looking at Arsenal and Spurs who have 100% records so far in the WSL. Of course, early days. We say early days in the Premier League even earlier in the WSL, isn't it? But what a season ahead we've got to look forward to there. You know, I alluded to in the earlier block, but I think our depth is about to get tested and this is where we're really going to shine. I'm curious to see the tweaks that we get to the lineup. And, you know, especially with some of these guys being out like Conte, like James, how we're able to withhold it and what our lineup looks like in the best version of itself. Well, we definitely have a lot to look forward to within the next week within not only Champions League play, but Premier League play. And we also, you all have a lot to look forward to within this episode of this podcast because Emily sits down with Quinn92. He's got 2.5 billion 
Global Streams. And you may have heard of him from songs like Love Me Less or Stay Next to Me. He's collaborated with Logic, Louis the Child, and now Chelsea Mic'd Up. Now, Quinn is a massive CFC fan, and Emily chats with him about everything from him wanting a Drogba tattoo to which song Christian Pulisic should play in the locker room. Take a listen. So pumped right now to be joined by Quinn92, who is a musical artist currently on tour. And Quinn, firstly, we have to ask you about your name because I understand this is not your birth name. So just for our listeners, just tell us a little bit about the backstory of why you go by Quinn92. My birth name is Michael. So, you know, vastly different than Quinn. Uh, Quinn is an acronym that stands for quit unless your instincts are never neglected. And it's something I came up with back in college. I just like always loved the name Quinn. Like I was going by Mike T at the time. And I was just like, this is very nickname-ish. This isn't that cute. No one's going to take me seriously. So I, I was like, all right, let's think of a name that's like kind of unique for a guy. And I, I stumbled upon Quinn. I was like, okay, that's cool. But how do I like make it more personal to myself? So I threw that acronym um, attached to it, which kind of just means pursue whatever you feel like you really love in life and just don't overthink things. And if you have an instinct to do something, just go for it. I really preach that to my fans and, and I think it's stuck. So um, yeah, I just kind of ran with it. And then the XCII is 92, the Roman numeral, which is the year I was born. So it's kind of a long description, but I've had to reverse that like over the years now and just tell people how to, how to say it. So. I love hearing about people who are Chelsea fans and supporters and it always comes to the most unexpected places. So firstly, just how did you get into soccer? Because you grew up in Detroit, right? Yeah, I grew up just outside Detroit. Um, I, I honestly have been playing soccer since, I think I was like three years old when I first started. I mean, like most American kids, it's kind of the first thing your mom and dad throw you into and just, it's like that and t-ball. And for me, it was soccer. And, you know, I just kind of fell in love with it. And it was something all my friends were doing. So it was a way for me to just like meet people, but also just like stay active. Played travel soccer in high school and then almost played collegiately, but ended up just saying no, because I, I kind of figured I wasn't going to go professionally. So I ended up just going to a four-year college and just enjoyed my time there. But I mean, I've still remained a huge fan and have through music have been able to become friends with some professional soccer players and some players on Chelsea, which is still blows my mind. A culmination of all that has really just made me a diehard Chelsea fan. One of my favorite players growing up was DDA Drogba, who's a famous striker for the club. And like, I just have always been obsessed with the team um, and just English culture, English soccer in general. You know, I just, they just take it so much more seriously. And I like, I envy that. And I wish that that's kind of how, America treated it. It's definitely getting better, but there's nothing like the the EPL. What you to Drogba specifically? I think it was just like his swagger, like watching him play and his like celebrations and like he would do this cool thing with his arms that I thought was really cool. And I would do that when I scored and like there was like five people at my game. So no one even cared. But like seeing him do it, like I was just I don't know. I was just his his confidence and his his goal scoring ability. I played forward also. So I just, I just looked up to him a lot. He's just a legend and I'm still a huge fan. He's such a legend. And I also saw an interview with you that you said that you were considering getting a Drogba tattoo or you wanted to, where do you stand on that? Yeah. Wow. That's cr- I don't know how you know that, but yeah. Was, I do my research. I'm a journalist. Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> you're doing a good job. I still want to get one for the record. Um, I, I, I found like a little sketch of him on Pinterest. That's kind of where I get some tattoo ideas from time to time. And, uh, and I saw it, I saved it. I'm probably going to get it at some point. I haven't done it yet, but, but that's how serious I am. Not just a, a phony little thing. Um, so 
yeah, I know. He's the best. He's still my favorite player for sure. He's such an icon. All right. And you mentioned there's other guys that you've gotten to interact with. What are some players that you've gotten to meet either via social media, message back and forth, maybe in person? It's ironic because growing up, I would message a lot of professional soccer players and, and just be like, oh, hopefully they respond to me. And now that I've had, you know, some sort of success in music and have a bit of a platform, I see people like tagging me and, you know, Instagram stories or photos or whatever, like using my music. And that's been really cool. But some of the guys I've been able to meet, Zach Steffen, who is the goalie for the U.S. men's national team, Christian Pulisic. For me, that's been really crazy. To be a Chelsea fan, even pre him on Chelsea is, is amazing. Like I knew of him being a fan of my music before he was even on the club. And now that he's on the team, it's even made me more of a fan. And it's just really cool to to know that they like what I do and, and vice versa. So it's extremely humbling. What you do is really unique and special, but I'm imagining that you're traveling on the road, especially when you're on tour, you're in a lot of different time mm -hmm. zones. I live in Chicago and it's usually pretty consistent and I have a trouble keeping up with the team or it's always waking up at weird hours. How do you follow them? And, and what's that like for you? I mean, admittedly, it's been really tough this tour. I, I, I haven't, cause of COVID, I haven't actually been on the road in like a year and a half. So I forgot what it's like to try to follow just anything pop culture related on the road, because like you said, you're always in different time zones and you're always forgetting what time things start. And so it doesn't also make it easier that they play in a different country. So I'm always trying to figure out when Chelsea is, is playing. I just got alerts on my phone from NBC Sports about when everything happens. So that's really been like my saving grace. I have like the Chelsea to stand and yeah, just, just I get all my updates and emails and everything. So what excites you about this year's team? I think there's many things. I, I mean, I, I love it. Speaking of strikers, like Drogba obviously is, is, is my favorite, but Romelu Lukaku is maybe my next favorite striker. And the fact that he's back on the club and, and is just such a, I don't know. He, the dude's like an NFL player, like playing in a Bodies soccer jersey. Like, yeah. I'm in awe watching him play. Like he's just like a massive guy. And to have him on, you know, Chelsea now is, is great. I, I feel like watching him in the World Cup and in the Euros this past few months was just like nerve wracking because even if I had like money on the other team, I'd be like, shit, Lukaku's playing. He's going <laughs> to score for sure. So it's kind of a, it's less of a headache to have him now on, on our side. I love Conte and, and Jorginho and Rudiger, Christensen. Like I think our defense is, is, is solid. I mean, I just, I think there's a lot of young talent like Kai Havertz and Timo Werner. And there's just like Chelsea has somehow scooped up a lot of the young promising faces of soccer in general. And I think it was evident with, with Euros, just a lot of our players were competing at the highest level in that tournament. And it was just cool to see like Chelsea members just going far in that tournament and, and doing their thing. Season's still very early on, but I, I mean, especially coming off of the Champions League win, like it's it basically win, win the league or, or, or a bust. And you could also argue it's win the Champions League again or a bust. But, you know, I think that's good though, because I think that's what Chelsea fans want. Like we've been lacking that for so long. And so the fact that we have some silverware and, and we can kind of hold our head to that standard now is really exciting. It's so true. It's like such a great time to be a fan. And I have to ask, yeah. so you're on tour with Chelsea Cutler and um, you guys have a new yeah. song together called Calling All Angels. Her name is Chelsea. I've heard she's played soccer in college. Is she a supporter yet? And if not, what is wrong with her and why haven't you converted her? A hundred percent. You know, what's terrible. I haven't even like, said that to her yet but it crosses through my mind like I will see 
emails like updates from Chelsea FC in like whatever like if they tweet something I'll see it and and I'm always like wow Chelsea is tweeting a lot lately and <laughs> and I'm thinking Chelsea as in like Chelsea Cutler and I always have to remind myself okay that's two that's two different people and you know obviously the irony is that we're really close friends and she's on the road with me and but I also love Chelsea FC so yeah I have I have to mix decipher the two quite often but you're right. I Chelsea played in college. She was goalkeeper, incredibly talented. She dropped out of college to come on tour with me, which is which is crazy. So, wow. I, mean, I, I don't know how our parents don't hate me right <laughs> now, but it, it's fantastic. Yeah. But she, um, yeah, no, she's a huge soccer fan. So it's a great question. I don't know why I haven't converted her yet. I'm going to do that today, I think, because now I think you gave me the sign that I needed to do that because I've been thinking about it for a while, but I just haven't done it. I'm glad this has been a really productive chat. And you guys are on tour right now. Also a special guest, Time Verdes, and you're on to LA next week, but you just sold out two shows at Radio City Music Hall, which is just insane. And, you know, we talk about Stamford Bridge being such an iconic venue and guys getting chills the first time they walk out there. I'm just curious as a musician, what was it like being able to play there at Radio City? Oh, it was so incredible. It was just, it was, it was so so unbelievably humbling and just you're right like chills is I mean there's so many one word descriptions you could give it but chills is obviously very fair like you just walk out there and for me it was just me thinking about the history of the venue and how many people had come through there before me and have shared that same stage and so that kind of gives me like almost like creepy chills it's just it's just this feeling of like it's almost eerie to think how long that venue has been around and how many amazing people have played it to have like a very small sliver in the in the story of that venue is 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 just so amazing and I'm I'm so so grateful and and you're right yeah we did two nights there so I mean the first night I don't even think I got to really soak it in I was just nervous and I couldn't really just like you know stay calm and that's why I'm so happy we got to play two nights because the second night I I went out there and just like was way more present I I I looked around more I was just way more like at ease and and I'm so happy we got another chance to do it. So no, but that was, I mean, I've been to Stanford Bridge and it's absolutely incredible, but Radio City, there's something about that place that just like kind of like freaked me out in a way. It was so cool. All right. I know you just came out with a ton of new music. Do you have any plans in the future to name drop Chelsea in any of your songs? Because I think it would sound pretty cool. hundred percent. Even if it's not like Chelsea referencing like a player or something that's like a metaphor for the club, like I would, I would. I need to do that actually because I'm starting to see other other artists like I saw Jack Harlow has been repping the team I saw some other people who are who are getting on it and so I need to kind of remind people I've been here before those guys and so maybe maybe I need to drop a drop some sort of lyric just to cement myself as more of a Chelsea fan than, than, than before we got all the hardware yeah yeah right yeah because that's the thing it's like if you say you root for Chelsea now it's kind of like saying you root for the Yankees back in the day like everyone just assumes you're just hopping on the bandwagon it's important to remind people that you've been around for 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 quite some time before all this stuff happens so you've got a lot of homework to do after we hang up you got to talk to Chelsea Cutler um I think you should get Drogba on a song because that shows that you're an OG fan (laughs) I mean (laughs) I don't know how that's possible but I I follow him on Instagram maybe I'll shoot him a message and see but but that would be the coolest thing in the world I like that. Once you have the blessing from him, you're good. 100%. Yep. All right. I'll leave you with this. Uh, we had Kai Havertz on this podcast, and I asked him who the worst DJ in the Chelsea locker room was. Um, and he picked your boy, Christian Polisic, because he says he's constantly playing country music. Really? Christian, yeah, I know. And like, it's not for me. 
I know yeah. it's popular amongst some people, but just to show, you know, maybe some guys at the club that we have much more diverse music here in the U.S. What's one of your songs that um, Christian should be playing to pump the boys up? I'm kind of shocked to hear that he's playing because I see him like he'll post music to his Instagram and it's a lot of time is like hip hop. And I mean, I, I yeah. would be like the last that would be like the last thing I'd guess. He'd maybe be it's good shower music. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's corny for me to selfishly plug myself here, but. He needs to be playing my last album, Change the Scenery 2, which came out over COVID. He should know it. I mean, he's, if he claims he's a Quinn fan, he should he should know it. So uh, he's got to share that to the guy. It'd be a shame if he didn't. But uh, I mean, he can play whatever. But I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna plug myself while I, while I have the time here. So As you should. And we'll make sure this message goes overseas. He'll get it. It'll be received. <laughs> cool. I appreciate it. <laughs> Any plans to go to the bridge anytime soon? Maybe when this tour is over? Yeah, we're going to play London in June. It hasn't been announced yet, but I'm I'm going to get over there and, and hopefully have time to, at the very least, just go to the field and maybe check some things out. Obviously, like a game is much in the works. Um, I just, I haven't seen their schedule. I don't think they've announced their schedule that far in advance either for next year. So um, we'll just have to cross our fingers and see if there's a home match. I need to get there. I might just go there just to like stand outside, just to see, just to look at it. Because last time I was there, it was incredible. No, I love it. Your passion's totally coming through. And like, I knew it came through when you said you want to get a Drogba tattoo, but just wanting to stand outside the bridge. I think you've cemented yourself as a true fan. I'm, I'm dead serious. I'm not joking about that. Like we went flat when we were there the first time, there was like a little pub outside and my wife and I were there for a game and it's like people knew I was American. So they're kind of giving me shit. And, and I love that though, because normally it's me giving someone else shit in America for not liking the right team here. But to be like that sort of minority and, and get that kind of like English treatment was ironically really cool. Um, I don't want to deal with that every time I go back, but you know, I, I think, I think it was. You want to be included in the banter. Yeah. 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 Now it's like, all right, guys, like take me seriously. And maybe now that we have sure. an American on the team, they'll start taking American fans seriously. Yeah, exactly. But a, a boy can dream. Awesome. Quinn, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck on the rest of your tour. My thanks so much to Quinn for joining us. And I just have to tell you guys, his passion for the blues was bleeding through. Like I knew it was there when he talked about wanting to get a Drogba tattoo, because as you know, a tattoo is something quite permanent. Um, but he was just saying, you know, he's going to London in June and he doesn't know, you know, if Chelsea will be playing, he doesn't know what the schedule is, but he just wants to stand outside Stamford Bridge because that will mean so much to him. So you love to hear it from someone like that. And I also just love a little bit of ribbing for his buddy, Christian Pulisic. I'm like, why isn't he listening to my music in the locker room to pump up the boys? Quinn, awesome stuff. I'll tell you what, if you want to come to the bridge, I will happily give you a tour of the stadium. Ooh. It's on oh. me, I promise. He'll take you up on that. Done. So you guys have heard from us. You've heard from Quinn. Now let's hear from you. So it's mailbox time here. And we're going to start with a question from Candace in New York City. And she asked, do you think our team needs some more time to properly gel with Lukaku? Yes and no. I think he, he came into the team like he'd never been away uh, with that performance against Arsenal. But I think we've, we've spoken about the, the, the maybe the tweaks to the formation and, and the personnel that are available or not, as the case may be, to Thomas Tuchel at the moment. He's only going to get better. It's been, you know, such a big move for him to come back to his boyhood club. We all know how happy he was to come back. Exciting times ahead. You know, an incredible start, but he's, he's just going to get better and better, I think. Just about finding that right combination, getting that chemistry and just and just continuing to to progress off that. And again, 
it's only one game, everybody. It's one match. So, you know, they'll they'll continue to get their chemistry timing down. And I, I see a lot of goals being scored from whomever is up there playing close to goal. Griffin from Chicago asks, which Chelsea mic'd up host would be best subbed in for a penalty shootout? Ooh. Easy. Andre, he's not here. <laughs> hey, why Andre? <laughs> Throw him to the wolves. Because he's not here, so we can just sign him oh, up. I don't okay. want to do it, do you? Okay. You wouldn't do that? I don't know, that's a lot of pressure. I would love to be the goalie. Yeah. You want to be on the Wheaties box. You don't get on the Wheaties <laughs> box by kicking, you know, by scoring, you get on the Wheaties box by defending. I love these phrases. I love these <laughs> phrases. This is awesome. I'm writing, I'm literally writing it down on the get Wheaties box. Get on the Wheaties box. box. Done. That's a good one. Do y'all have Wheaties over there? No, we don't. We have different versions. We have different cereals, but that's no. Wheaties are just, it's a stuff of American legend, isn't it? All right. So look, keep writing in. Please, please, please keep writing in. We love uh, fielding these questions and great questions this time. As a reminder, you can always send in your questions each week by tagging at Chelsea FC in USA with the hashtag CMU Mailbag. All right, guys, as promised, we said that we would talk about the Juventus match. Emily, I guess we're feeling how the rest of Chelsea Nation uh, is feeling. Back-to-back losses, 1-0. That's a heartbreaking away defeat against Juventus, right? Yeah. Well, firstly, you're probably going to notice the audio sounds a little different. I'm in an Uber on the way to the airport, and there's no better place to feel emo than on a plane, and that's probably (laughs) what I'm going to be tonight. You know, it was tough. Like, we started off really strong. We had 70% possession in the first 15 minutes. It just felt like Lukaku and Havertz had opportunities. They just couldn't deliver on them. I really like, though, the fact that at halftime, Thomas Tuchel made a lot of adjustments and it felt like he was trying everything out there. Like, you know, putting Loftus Cheek, Hudson Doy in the midfield. That felt a little experimental. He moved Havertz up. We tried some things. We just couldn't get it done. I get it when people say, like, Juventus, okay, they're known for being defensive team. They're they're, they're known for uh, their defensive prowess. Like, I get that. But we, we, we had chances in front of goal. And we, we just didn't break through. So I wonder, is it something where we need Mason Mount back? Can we use that creativity to maybe open up better chances? We got to put these last two behind us. Uh, we got Southampton coming up this weekend before the international break. And for all of you who want to know when the next Champions League match will be, it'll be October 20th against Malmo. And also, can we end this on a happy note? Let's give a shout out to our Chelsea women because they were playing today in their FA Cup match and they won four to nil goals from your girl, Sam Kerr. I told you to be your girl for <laughs> Nell Harbour and two from Fran Kirby. So that's awesome. And they're heading to the semifinals against Man City next month. If you get a chance to watch Chelsea women play, I guarantee you they're not going to disappoint. And we need this win in Southampton. We need this three points before the international break. We certainly do. But look, Malmo, I think, is a, you know, at the bottom of our bracket. That yeah. should be an easier game to play. And again, big picture, right? This is just the second away game we've lost under Thomas Tuchel. This is the first goal we've allowed in Champions League play. Like, we're in good shape. We're not Absolutely. Right hey, we're thinking big picture. Let's go to these final parting thoughts. I'm excited. I am excited. Yes, there's been a bump in the road. We've moved on. Can't wait for the weekend. Can't wait for Southampton. 
can't wait to lose my voice when Romelu Lukaku scores his hat trick. <laughs> Love that. Really important. Chelsea figure spoke up this week, and that was Emma Hayes. And look, anytime she opens her mouth, I want to listen because she has such great perspective. But she did an interview with CNN talking about the social media abuse players get. And she said, one day a player is going to commit suicide because of the bullying they get online. And it was really stark to hear someone say that. But I do think it's true. And I do think that, you know, hiding behind the veil of the anonymous internet has gone away. And it's just so unhealthy um, for the mental health of players to, you know, get that abuse. So I thought it was really special of her to speak up and we should listen to her when she speaks. Thank you for bringing that up because I agree with her completely. At the end of the day, it is a person. Critique the performance, not the performer. So shout out to Emma Hayes. She's the best. She is the best. All right, Blues, again, in the words of Pat Nevin, don't panic. Because <laughs> we still got plenty of action on Saturday as both the men and women play, and we hope to see dominant performances from both sides. And remember, you can find anything and everything on Chelsea through the Fifth Stand app, which I absolutely love. And do not forget to subscribe, rate, review, tell your friend, tell a friend, and tell your mama about this podcast. We want blue flags flying high across America. Once again, thank you for joining us on another week of Chelsea Mic'd Up. See you again next week, and let's go Blues! <laughs>